Sarah, hello and how are you? And you're very welcome back to the Jimmy Jess podcast. This is episode number nine, unbelievably. And thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you're enjoying the episode so far. If you want to leave feedback on any of my episodes, just do so in the app wherever you get your app. Hey, you can watch it on, or listen to it on Spotify. You can listen to it on Apple. You can listen to it on Amazon or Google Podcasts. Wherever you get your podcasts, you can tune in and listen. I had a great uh, interview last week with the one and only Ray Dolan, nephew of the legendary Joe Dolan. We had a great chat, and that one's there for you to listen to, along with the Feckin' Fresh Eggs, the Digger Dad, loads of other episodes uh, free to listen to, and tell everybody about if you don't mind subscribe and share and like and press the bell because i'll be dropping one every monday at 1 p.m now this week i'm in my own studio at home here and recording here at home i don't have any interview this week but i have i'm going down a road maybe i've i've toyed with the idea should i go controversial should i stick to light hearted what should i do but this just annoyed me this week and it's been playing on my brain all week and I said I have to get this off my chest because I was listening, I was flicking onto TikTok or Instagram or something and a video came up, I'm sure you all heard it, it's been shared widely. It was a priest, a father, Declan McInerney, he's over in Galway there, Aircoat Clonfert and Mielik in the county of Galway is his parish and he was given his homily, maybe on Sunday Mass, I don't know whether it was Sunday Mass or not, and he was given his homily about the recent Eurosong contest in which we decided who was going to represent Ireland for Eurovision uh, in Milmau later this year, in May I think it is, and we had six... um, Six different con- competitors and one came out. Look, at no point in me talking about it. Let's listen to what Father Declan had to say about the whole thing. Here we go. Late, late show on Friday night. Now brace yourselves, my friends, for this one. I switched on and to discover it was the selection process for Eurosong, a song that will leave Ireland that will represent Ireland and the Irish people and what we are all about, my friends. And all I can say is, we are finished. We are finished as a country. And before anyone jumps on their high horse and go, he's giving out now about certain orientations. I couldn't give two continental hoots what anybody is but I don't need it slammed in my face on the Late Late Toy Show, or whatever you call that show us. Whatever hope RTE has of getting any one of us to pay a licence has certainly now, for me, gone out the window. I never watched such rubbish in all my life, starting with song number one. Now, there will be a backlash. Do I care? Not at all. So we come on then, Patrick, to song number two, which I'm sure was your favourite. And I watched the opening intro of this one walking around the streets of McCroom down in Cork with a beautiful cape, and let's just say you wouldn't see her out in a haskra of a Sunday afternoon. But it wasn't just that. I said, look, I'm open-minded, she dresses like this, that's fine, and I'm sure she's a beautiful person until the name was dropped that Bambi Thug will now be the one to sing song number two. And I said, Jesus, here we go again. Bambi, what's this one going to be like? But I want you to listen carefully to what my opinion is. 
I don't care what she dressed like, but on her back and her small ears listening, there was a slogan. And I said to myself, is this what we need now to win the Eurovision? Do we need someone now to shove this orientation in our faces to get votes? And she spoke about, you know, that she's neither here nor there, adults, you know what I'm talking about. She's sort of somewhere in the middle. Binary, non-binary, can't get my head around it. It reminds me of baling hay or straw. But that's okay too, I have no problem. But I'm just saying to myself, is this what we need for our young people to be seen at such a young age? A mother came to me during the week, in fact at one of the funerals, and she was quite distressed about a new programme that's coming in next year uh, into the secondary schools in relation to all of this uh, relationship, sexuality and all of that. And she's very concerned about first years learning such stuff. Well, I will tell you, if I had a son or a daughter, they wouldn't hear anything about it until they're 18. Downright to nearly junior infants, you might hear in the schoolyard, well, you're this and you're that. And where are they hearing it? I hope not in the family home, but they are certainly hearing it on the television. The programmes are not suitable for children of a certain age. And then we have to have Bambi going around in her cape, telling us what she is and what she stands for. Thankfully, on social media, I would say 99% of the comments agree with me. But a few are saying, we live in a modern Ireland. Well, God help modern Ireland if this is what the people of Europe think that we are like. I know people will say, that that is old-fashioned, Mary Kelly. But what was wrong with Dana and all kinds of everything? What was wrong with Johnny Logan and Hold Me Now? What was wrong with poor old Linda Martin, who trampled twice over uh, to win the Eurovision with um, Why Me? Well, I find myself this morning asking myself, Why me? Why am I having to mention this? I think, my friends, that as parents especially, and I, I'm going to say it again, will you shelter them a little bit more? They're exposed to too much at too young of an age. And they were certainly exposed to this on uh, Friday night. If we could only come up in a world or an Ireland that is so creative, both music, dance, culture and history, and the six songs that were presented were complete and utter rubbish because we now have to send something that shows something that we are different. My dear friends, there's nothing wrong with being ordinary. There's nothing wrong with being who you are. But you don't have to trumpet it from the world. I don't have to go around with a flag out my window, the priest is coming. We don't see farmers going around in the New Holland tractor with a big flag, I am a farmer. We don't see the teachers arriving to school uh, up the crossroads there, I am the teacher. Be who you are, but you don't have to make a song and dance about it. 
Speaking of song and dance, the poor devil, Bambi Thug, who we're sending over, she can neither sing nor she can dance, Mary Kelly. So we're finished from word go. Patrick, next year you and I were writing a song and we're going to Europe. So I'm afraid, my friends, I won't be booking any ticket to Malmo in Sweden this year. And whatever Bambi votes she gets, I wish her well. So, my friends, as we got... And there you have it. He wishes her well. His final statement was, I wish Bambi Thug well. It doesn't very much sound like he wishes Bambi Thug well. It sounds very much like he would prefer if Bambi Thug was not there and that she hid herself away anywhere. But he doesn't want her to be on the stage for Eurovision. Why? What is his problem? I don't know. But is it appropriate? And I wonder, is it appropriate for a priest to stand up on the altar, you know, in that capacity and give the lecture that he gave? Is that what we should be doing? Is that appropriate for him to do? I don't I don't agree with him. Let's take some of the points he made, okay? He says, we are finished. We are finished as a country if this is what we are sending over to the Eurovision. And what was his basis for that? Were we finished because we are sending a song that is not good or a dance that is not good? I don't think that was... Even though he tried to veil it in the, the, the point that he was making was that his argument was that it wasn't a good song, wasn't a good dance. But no, that he talked about certain orientations. So he's, he's easily saying that, that she isn't... She doesn't conform to the norm as he says it. What's wrong with being normal, he says. Why do we have to be selling something different? And she is different. And she... She's non-binary. She she identifies as being non-binary. He describes that as she's neither here nor there. She sa- he says it reminds me of baling hay or baling straw. That's how his opinion... And, and I just looked up the basic principles. The basic principles of, of, of being a Catholic. The first one is human dignity. Human dignity. We recognise the sacred sacredness of life and that every person has inherent dignity and worth. I think he didn't give her much human dignity. Another one is the common good. We have responsibility for one another in our life and we are called to work for the common good of all. Not just who you agree with or who who you disagree with. Subsidiarity. Subsidiarity. My apologies. Subsidiarity again the capacity and capabilities people and communities ought to be respected human equality this the human person is the clearest reflection of God's presence in the world created in the image of God all human life is sacred and possesses a dignity that comes directly from our creation and not from any action of our own so they are some of the basic principles of of Catholicism of which I am a member of the Catholic Church I was brought up a Catholic, I was christened, I got my communion, I got my confirmation, I did my pre-marriage course, I was married in a Catholic church. Any relations of mine that are Catholics were received the sacrament um, when they died, and I don't go to Mass as often as I did. But I'm beginning to think, why should I? Should I have to go to Mass and listen to Father Declan McInerney criticising people because of the way they looked? He said he was concerned about first years having to learn such stuff. What stuff is he talking about? He's talking about this new program that's coming into um, secondary schools next year between about relationships, sexualities, and all of that. He said, 
If he had a son or a daughter, they wouldn't hear anything about it until they were 18. Obviously, he hasn't a son or a daughter. Obviously, he hasn't, because you need to teach your children about everything. And I have thought mine, when they came to an age, maybe 12 or 13, that's when they need to know. They need to know these things. The world is not as safe as it was when we were growing up. But we need to make them aware of everything that surrounds us. And he may wonder, but a survey recently showed that 25% of six-year-olds in this country have access to a smartphone. 25% of six-year-olds. And when you turn on a smartphone, you can go anywhere with that. You know, so he needs to get into the real world. Hey, let's give a bit of context to, I suppose, the song he was talking about. Let's just listen to Bambi Thug, who will represent Ireland. And the name of her song was Doomsday Blue. And it's it's about um, being overlooked or ignored or being let down maybe in a relationship. Here's the song itself.
And there you go. That is our representative to the Eurovision this year. Maybe you like it, maybe you don't. I, I, I'm not sure, but obviously Father McInerney didn't like it that much. And he says, why can't we send the likes of Dana, who was fantastic. We sent Linda Martin a couple of times. Or he said, even Johnny Logan, Hold Me Now, you know. Um, Hold Me Now is just listening to some of the lyrics of Hold Me Now. And I want you to just see what Father Declan McInerney says is fine. Just listen to this section of Johnny Logan's Hold Me Now, if you want. Touch me the way you used to do I know Tonight could be all I'll have with you From now on You'll be with someone else instead of me So tonight Let's fill this memory For the last time Hold me now Don't cry Don't say your word Just hold together forever in love what do you say when words are not enough so there you go, Father McInerney was quite happy with that version of Hold Me Now and I was just listening to some of the lyrics Touch, touch me the way we used to do Tonight will be all I'll have with you And that is Father um, Declan is uh, Johnny basically saying or whoever the character in his song Hold Me Now is saying Well, we've only got tonight You're going back to whoever you were with last night uh, tomorrow so we'll have one more Touch Me Again for one last night you know, because tomorrow you'll be with someone else instead of me so what's he well I won't say that but he's but that song is sort of well I'm hopping from your bed to the other bed I mean in somebody else's bed so maybe not a a good example there um, to compare all the lovely uh, normal songs we sent before and he mentions um, she was going around uh, parts of Cork with a cape wearing a cape and he says on her back and her small ears listening there was a slogan he doesn't say what the slogan was I had to look it up what the slogan on her back was and it was queer the word queer Q-U-E-E-R was the word that was on her back that he wasn't happy about and I suppose the LGBT community LGBT plus community um, use that word a lot I hear them saying we're we're queer, we're here, we're here, we're queer, whatever it is. So it's. he said that we didn't need this orientation shoved in our faces. I don't think she was shoving anything in our faces. She was, she was being herself, being who she wants to be, and she was selected by the Irish public to represent her country. He says that 99% of the comments, social media comments, agreed with him. I don't know where he was looking. Although I put, I did a skit on his, um, on my Facebook page, on my Jimmy Jess Facebook page and TikTok, and uh, I, I compared it to the, the rubbish he was looking. It wasn't um, the Ura song, but it was um, Gaelic football these days, and I just changed a few of the words to Gaelic football. And I got loads of negative comments online, and that's fine. I got loads of positive ones as well, saying it was a good bit of crack, and that's what it was. One person in, in particular said, Love your stuff, Jimmy, but you could have left a sketch about the priest's wonderful sermon out. So I replied to him saying, Wonderful? Question mark. Where was his outrage about clerical sex abuse? And I says, or he says to me, Oh, you're like the rest of them. That's all you can come back with. Best of luck to you, Jimmy. I'll say a prayer for you. That was his response to me. And I says, yes, I am like all those who are abhorred by the sexual abuse of children. Maybe save your prayers for those who suffered from that abuse. 
And that was my response to him. I didn't hear anything more back from him. But I was just thinking, if the priest in question had turned on the television that night, another channel maybe, and switched on, and there was a movie maybe called Song for a Raggy Boy, if that was on, would he have gone in to his homily on Sunday and talked about the wrongs that was done to children in our country. If he had turned on the Magdalene Sisters movie, would he have had the same aberration for it? You know, we all remember Song for a Raggy Boy. It's a very difficult, difficult watch. Ireland in 1939 in a probably a, a Catholic reformatory in an industrial school. Yes, that's what it was. You know, and the abuse that went on in that by some of the priests, Aidan Quinn played the, the 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 lay teacher who eventually, you know, put a stop to all that. But remember the scene where those two boys on Christmas Day, they were beaten to within an inch of their life by one of those priests. And you talk about Bambi Thug going round wearing a cape. Can you remember what attire? that Catholic priests wore. And I'm by no means a get down on all priests because I'm not. I've had relationships with many priests um, throughout my life, both as a, a an altar boy, as a community member in schools and everything else. And I've had no, absolutely no bad experience with any priests that I have been involved with. So I'm not berating all priests. Don't get me wrong. This is not uh, shouting at priests. It's this particular priest and what he said. You know, I saw where... where about four percent of all priests in the world um, guilty of abuse of some sort. That's it. That's it. And uh, the Magdalene Sisters, which is a home for women, where we used to put our women, where uh, not our women, but women who maybe unmarried mothers, maybe victims of rape or whatever, and they were put into laundries and made to work. You know, uh, and Mary Magdalene was was a, a, a woman who who was. Um, starved basically she she die fasted and all that but the the magdalene sisters in these laundries they ate the best at the top table while the the girls working in the in the laundries very little to eat worked hard you know huh? in that movie like it, it it was horrific cruelty and abuse it was just horrific and then the, the nuns had run contests among the girls to see who had the most pubic hair who the biggest bottom? Who the biggest breasts? Who the smallest breasts? This is the carry-on that was going on in Ireland, you know, and they labelled them fallen, sinners who needed to be redeemed. That's the way they called them. That's what they were talking about. You know, so for a priest to come in now and criticise Bambi Thug in a way that he did, it's 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 just, it's, it doesn't bear thinking about what he did. Like a lot of those girls, a lot of those lads who were in reformatories died from suicide. Some ended up at mental institution. Others died from anorexia or the like. You know, so it it really is. And, you know, how many investigations, how many cover-ups have we had of, of clerical sex abuse in this country? You know, when you think of evil, evil, evil men like Brendan Smith, Ivan Payne, Patrick Maguire, Gus Griffin, Thomas Nocton, Sean Fortune, that's just to name a few. Like, I... There was one particular man, and he's always stuck in my brain. He was 
and I, I, I just couldn't remember his name, but I remember the context of what he was talking about. And it was back in 2009 when there used to be a show on RTE called Questions and Answers, and John Bowman used to host it. I suppose it's replaced now by Primetime or um, Casey Hannan's show or whatever it was, or, or Claire Bourne's show. But John Bowman used to, and it, be, uh, in this particular show, actually, two of the panellists, you know, politicians or whoever, but Noel Dempsey, who was minister at the time, Fianna Fáil minister, he was one of the panellists. And um, Leo Varadkar was actually a, a, a young uh, politician coming through, and he was. No, there's no uh, slur on either of those. They just happened to be on the panel that night, and there was a, a gentleman in the audience. And I'm actually going to. This is very distressing to listen to, but I'm going to play it. I want to put Michael O'Brien's voice onto this in context of what was going on in those places. Have a listen to this, Mr. Chairman. I'm surprised that Minister Garnell. First of all, Mr. Minister, you made a bags of it in the beginning by changing the judges. You made a complete bags of it at that time. Because I went to the Lafay Commission and you had seven barristers there questioning me and telling me I was telling lies when I told them that I got raped on a Saturday, got a merciful beating after it, and then stopped. he came along the following morning and put Holy Communion in my mouth. You don't know what happened there. You haven't the foggies, you're talking through your hat there, and you're talking to a Fina farm man, a former councillor, a former mayor. You're talking to that what tooth nail for you for the party that you're talking about now. You didn't do it right. You got it wrong. Admit it. And apologize for doing that. Because you don't know what I feel inside me. You don't know the hurt I am. You said it was non-adversatorial. My God. Seven barristers throwing questions at us, non-stop. I t- attempted to commit suicide. There's the woman who saved me from committing suicide on my way down from Dublin after spending five days at the commission. Five days I spent at the commission. They brought a man over from Rome, 90-odd years of age, to tell me I was telling lies, that I wasn't beaten for an hour, non-stop, by two of them! By two of them! Non-stop, from head to toe, without a shred of cloth on my body. My God, Minister, and now could I speak to you and ask your leader, would you stop making the political football of this? You hurt us when you do that. You tear the shreds from inside our body. For God's sake, try and give us some peace. Try and give us some peace and, and, and not to continue hurting us. That woman will tell you how many times I jump out of the bed at night with the sweat pumping out of me because I see these fellas at the end of the bed with their fingers doing that to me and pulling me uh, into the room to rape me, to bugger me and bait the shite out of me. That's the way it is. I, I, and you know what? You know what? Sometimes I listen to the, to the leader of Fianna Fáil. I even listen to the apology it was mealy-mouthed, but at least it was an apology. At least it was an apology. The Rasminian said in the report, they said they were easy on us. The first day I went to him, the first day I went to the Rasminians, in my home, which is Ferry House in Clonmel, because it's the only home I know, he said, you're in it for the money. We didn't want money. We didn't want money. We wanted the, someone to stand up and say, yes, these fellas were buggered, these people were robbed. 
Little girls, my daughter, or sorry, my sister, a month old, when she was put into an institution. Eight of us from the one family, dragged by the, the ISPCC cruelty man, put into two cars, brought to the court in Clanmel, left standing there without food or anything. And the fellow in the long black frock and the white collar came along and he put us into a van, not a van, a scut truck. I don't know what you call it now. A scut truck. And landed us below with 200 other boys. Two nights later, I was raped. How can anyone? You're talking about constitution. These people would gladly say yes to a constitution to, to freeze the funds of the religious order. This state, this country of ours, will say yes to that constitution if you have to change it. Don't say you can't change it. You're the government of this state. You run this state. So Thank for God's sake, stop mealy mouthing. Because I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. You're turning me away from voting Fianna Fáil, which I have done from the first day that I could vote. Because, and you know me. You know me, Mr. Minister. You've met me on a number of occasions. So you know what I'm like. Remember Wexford. Thank you, Michael, for your... Uh, Michael O'Brien, 2009. Got a round of applause that night, all right. You know, just to rape me, to bugger me, and bait the shite out of me. Two days he was in that reformatory and he was raped for the first time. You know, how many commissions have been set up to investigate child sex abuse, clerical sex abuse, the Ryan Commission, the Foy Commission, the Klein Report. There's many, many more. And only last week, we read the Jesuits' full report on what was going on in there. And over the years, the cover-ups that have gone on. Bishop Brendan Comiskey removed from his bishop because of cover-ups. Cardinal Desmond Connell. He sought to refuse access. Access to the Commission investigation into the Dublin Diocese. He, he sought to refuse access to over 5,000 documents that may incriminate some of these guys. So they were covering themselves up. What went on in places like Chum, Castle Pollard, Dangan? It doesn't bear thinking about. And in 2024, we have a priest standing up on his pulpit condemning a person who has made decisions in their lives to be who they want to be, not pressured by a church, not pressured by a state who says this is who you have to be. We don't have to be who they say we have to be. No more do we have to listen. And I listened to Father Iggy Donovan on News Talk, on the Hard Shoulder News Talk during the week with Kieran Cuddy. And he said he couldn't see the point of Father Declan McInerney's homily. Why was it in a homily? What was the point in all this? And he says, he, referring to we are finished as a country, he says if this is our biggest problem, he says then Ireland is doing quite okay. He said it was a storm and a teacup. And direct reference to Father McInerney, he said, I think he cares a bit too much about it. And he's living in a very different world to many people. He described his homily as being the trenchant greatest rubbish I have ever heard in my life. And in relation to Father Dickens' opinion that if he had a child, a son or a daughter, he wouldn't let them hear any of this crack until he was 18, Father Iggy Donovan said, 
that he is a good argument for clerical celibacy. Pope Francis at the minute. He says being homosexual is not a crime. He says it is a sin. And it is a sin in the eyes of the Catholic Church. And that's what they are entitled to do. And if you want to be part of their church, you can be part of their church. If you don't, you don't. But you have do not have to go abide by their laws. He says it is also a sin to lack charity towards another. So he said in the eyes of the Catholic Church, it is a sin to be a homosexual. But it is also a sin to lack charity towards another. That homily lacked charity towards another. So for me, the words of Pope Francis are very appropriate. He once said, We are all children of God, and God loves us as we are, and for the strength that each of us fights for our dignity. I was angered listening to Father Declan McInerney, and as Father Iggy Donovan said, 80% of Catholics are no longer going to Mass. Going to Mass is one part and not an essential part of being a Catholic. But being fair and honest and charitable and respectful to other human beings who have done no wrong is definitely not part of the Catholic religion. That's my opinion on the whole lot. Um, Sorry for... Well, I'm not sorry. I just had to get it off my chest and I used this platform to do so. Tell me what you think. If you you know, I, I I'm sure I'm going to get a backlash as Father Declan McInerney said he was going to get a backlash as well. If I do, I do. I don't mind. Um, it's how I feel, and I thought it had to be said. So I want to wish Bambi Thug and her Doomsday Blue Blues, I suppose, all the best in the representing Ireland in the Eurovision. Hopefully, we can do well for a change it'd be great to see us we are we've a proud tradition in the eurovision seven wins we're now level i think with sweden is it so whoever wins the next one between us will be top of the pile again we were probably top of the pile for loads of years you know but we're, we're struggling i suppose to get there anymore and definition on lighter note the best of luck and find me and rock and roll kids and the voice and uh, what other ones had we oh, all kinds of everything so that was all kinds of everything you're getting on my podcast as well I suppose it was a bit more serious today um, so thanks for listening um, just on a lighter note just to finish off um, we had a good win in the rugby again today we beat the Italians 35-0 really really going well it could be a showdown between Ireland and England England are unbeaten as well so it could be a showdown for the Grand Slam who knows but we've tough games coming up against the Welsh and the Scots and the English so but they're doing very very well um, the what other news had we the National Hurling League is going strong all Team's doing well in that, and I just listened to Joe Baldwin there. If you get a chance to listen to Joe Baldwin, he's the manager of the Fermanagh Senior Hurlers, and he um, he was managing Fermanagh yesterday again or Saturday against Leitrim, and he spoke to Owen Sheehan after the game, and he talked about having a stroke three three weeks ago. He had a stroke, and he's back on the sideline again because he loves hurling, and hurling is his outlet. And to think that the CCCCC all them C's wanted to. Get rid of Fermanagh and Cavan and Louth and Longford and Leitrim out of the National Hurling League. Joe Baldwin, you're a real case for keeping us in it. And keep strong, Joe, and everybody who's involved in hurling at any level, at any because that's what it's about, keeping it going. Whether you're good at it, whether you're bad at it, as long as you pick up a hurl and enjoy it, it doesn't really matter, does it? So look, at that's it. Um, I hope to get back to having an interview next week. Um, share, subscribe. 
press the bell and you'll get a notification every Monday. But, as the fella says, at the end of the day, it's all about... Good luck, 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 good luck. Good luck.